Good morning to you. Welcome on into today's programme. A busy one for you. Today we're looking indeed at the death of the former TD John Connor on today's uh, programme. Also, Kenny Deary joins us, CEO of Galway Chamber. Some interesting statistics um, from a new report that I have sitting here beside me. We have a tune boxer on his way to the Olympic Games. He joins us on today's programme. Renewed calls indeed for the Greenway from Math and Rye to Colooney in County Sligo. The need for pedestrianisation at St. Bridges Place has been called for by some locals in that general area. We're also looking at dodging dementia. The essential guide to avoiding dementia. Today also we've got Galway Greats. Today it is the wonderful Pat Cantwell. We have that and more and a look back at oh, wasn't a great week for sport in Galway. That and more between now and midday. Now the comment lines are all open if you want to get through to us uh, today. We would like to hear from you today and they're your comment lines and if you want to get through to us we'd love to hear uh, from you. You can do so to 086 That's 086 If you want to get in contact with us we would love to hear from you uh, this morning on that. Now though, let us go to that tragic accident indeed when tributes have been paid to the former Fine Gael TD Senator and County Councillor John Connor who died in a single vehicle crash indeed over the weekend. The incident occurred in French Park in County Roscommon. His uh, colleague and um, indeed uh, Amanda would know him far better than I would know John uh, joins me on the line. Dennis Nocton uh, good morning to you. Good morning Keith. Thanks for joining us. Uh, this is an awful tragedy so it is a, for, for a man who gives so much to his constituents. Absolutely and of course John <coughs> not only represented <coughs> County Roscommon and Dáil Airden, but he also represented North East Galway, the Craigs, Glenscaria, right up towards uh, Williamstown. So there'd be a lot of people in that area that would have known John <coughs> as local constituents, but also then in the Fine Gael organisation and wider community groups right across uh, the west of Ireland. He would have been one of the more foremost voices uh, in the west of Ireland and in rural Ireland in particular in relation to uh, issues throughout uh, the 80s and 90s. And he got it. I mean, there were, there were difficult times to, to be a TD senator or in politics at all. Yes, they were. And I suppose uh, in John's case, uh, they were more difficult because uh, there would have been the ongoing uh, political battle uh, in uh, Roscommon, uh, Galway, between uh, John, o- John Connor and my late father, Lean, uh, which on, on one occasion came down to a single vote between them in the 1987 election. So there were uh, always battles within political parties as well as the broader uh, challenges and issues that were there in terms of the economic issues during that time as well. And again, I mean, a tragic accident in French Park. Um, Again, I would say family deeply shocked. I would say friends and acquaintances deeply shocked that this happened so quickly in in such a form, in such an accident. Yeah, and look, John would have had a huge network of friends uh, right across uh, the country. And look, it came to us all as a huge uh, shock. Uh, look, we'd heard the, the reports of another uh, serious accident uh, and tragedy uh, in French Park. And look, I was very saddened to learn that it was uh, John that had been involved uh, in that particular uh, accident. And as I say, look, he's someone who felt very passionately 
about uh, rural Ireland and articulated that uh, very well uh, in both Dáil and Shannon Aird. And look, he was uh, one of the, the top orators of, of that generation uh, in uh, Leinster House and would have taken over the mantle, I suppose, from his neighbour uh, down the road, the, the James Dillon, the former leader mm. uh, of, of Fine Gael. Um, but, you know, not only... Did he have a great understanding of the issues facing farmers and rural communities? He also had an in-depth knowledge of, of uh, what was going on internationally. And it was amazing. You know, we'd be at a branch meeting maybe in a very rural community and someone would ask John the question, regarding something that was happening at UN level or at EU level. Uh, and John could take that very international issue uh, and break it down to what is the impact is in local communities. And he had a phenomenal skill in doing that. And when you departed Fine Gael, was he upset over that? Oh, naturally enough, look, the issue of Roscommon Hospital uh, had been a hot political issue from the late 1970s uh, in Roscommon. Uh, John would have been uh, in the middle of that and in the crosshairs of that uh, during the, the 1980s and 1990s. And in fact, uh, one of the quotes that uh, is being attributed to him in the last couple of days were specifically uh, around uh, the hospital. And I think, look, the, uh, a lot of people in Fine Gael that were steeped in the history of Fine Gael, uh, you know, were, were deeply upset to see uh, the position that I had been put in uh, on, on that occasion back in 2011. Uh, because, look, my family was synonymous with Fine Gael. My grandfather was a founding member uh, of the party of Common Gael, um, you know, right at its inception. Uh, and, and because of that, I think, you know, a lot of people that had a strong history with the party uh, that that situation was let arise in the first instance. Absolutely. Listen, may he rest in peace and uh, again to to everyone who um, knew him indeed our condolences to each and every one of them and it's, it's tough. I mean, you know what it's like. You know what tragedy is like. I think every family at some stage goes through uh, some kind of fra- um, tragedy like this uh, unfortunately for a lot of people. Uh, you know what the feeling yes, is. Yes, and just... you're quite correct in relation to that, Keith. And, you know, it's amazing to think that, you know, in the politics of County Roscommon during the, the 1980s, you know, it was always, you know, whether it would be John Connor or Lee Nocton uh, that would uh, eventually get the, the one Fine Gael seat that was nearly too guaranteed for Fianna Fáil at that time in, in that constituency. And both of them now uh, sadly have passed away, both of them involved in road traffic accidents quite close to their own homes, uh, 27 years apart. In fact, yesterday was my 27th anniversary on being elected uh, in a by-election wow. to Shannon Airden. So, you know, I think... It is, you know, poignant that that uh, both of them met their end in such a manner. And look, my thoughts are with uh, John's extended family and his large network of friends right across this country, uh, because this would have been a huge, huge shock to them all. Well, may you rest in peace. Before I let you go, by the way, have you had a chance to have a look at the, um, now that you're going out of politics, uh, you might let you go into broadcasting, searching with RTE, have you had a chance to have a look at the top 10 earners in, in RTE? <laughs> No, I, I always with it with a pinch of salt. Uh, but I think you know there. And I spoke to you last week about this. I think we do need to have 
a proper debate in terms of the TV licence. I think the headline that jumped out at me today is the fact that there are 60 people a day now being prosecuted uh, for not paying their TV licence. And I think, you know, at a time when, you know, we have huge pressure and resources on the Gardaí and on our court system, I think we could spend our resources far better uh, than prosecuting people at this stage. And I think we do need and urgently need a new uh, system uh, in place. All right, uh, Dennis Nocton, thank you indeed for joining us uh, today on the programme. Deputy Dennis Nocton there joining us. I'll be looking at the Galway Economic Monitor in a moment. I want to send greetings, by the way, to two people, two separate sets of people altogether. My sister-in-law, Jacqueline Conboy, Jackie Conboy in Ballyban, married to the wonderful Jerry Conboy. She had a significant birthday last Thursday, and I forgot about it. I did, I did, it went out of my head altogether. So happy birthday. If you see her out and about or you know her at all, uh, wish her a very happy birthday. It was significant. She's slightly older than I am. Uh, but a significant birthday, but to herself and Jerry, I hope they get to enjoy it uh, every step of the way indeed. Um, and we wish her a happy birthday. I also want to send greetings, by the way, today uh, to Dennis and Georgina Reedy in Newcastle. They're 60 years married today, so they are. And uh, their daughter, Gina Reedy, used to work with us here. And I met uh, their other daughter, indeed, in Kinvara on uh, Friday last. And it was she that told me now, by the way. Uh, that Dennis and Georgina Reedy in Newcastle were 60 years married uh, today. They got married this day 60 years ago in Clifton. Imagine, all the way to Clifton. And they were both from Salt Hill, I do believe, if I'm right. And uh, they're living in Newcastle now. They both um, were uh, natives of Salt Hill. And uh, Dennis was a teacher. So if you see them out and about walking today uh, to celebrate their 60th um, wedding anniversary, give them uh, a bull of bus or blow the horn at them or do something. I should even ring them. And wish them well. Now, very good Monday morning to you with you right through till 12 midday. I'm joined by Kenny Deary, Chief Executive of the Galway Chamber. And he sits up to me today. You first want to send your condolences uh, to the Connor family. I, I do indeed, Keith. Good morning. Uh, very sad news. I was listening to Deputy Nocton and just to send the condolences of the Galway business community to Deputy Connor. I know the, he represented part of the Galway constituency over time, but I think any TD from the West of Ireland or indeed Senator always represents the interests of the West of Ireland when in the Ireland. And so mm-hmm. I want to send the, the business community's condolences to his family and friends. Absolutely. Um, are you happy, by the way, before I go into the Galway Economic Monitor, are you happy with Mayo's win yesterday? Well, listen, I'm always a bit conflicted <laughs> in these issues, as are many others of the Mayo Mafia around town. What I was saying to you, though, is I actually was out at the Dexcom Connacht, or the, the rugby ground yesterday morning for the Connacht Under-18 Girls Rugby Final, and it was super. Wow. So there were plenty of matches on yesterday, and I know you were saying it was a bad day for Galway, but there were some pockets of greatness as well throughout the town. Listen, and we'll, we'll talk about those at about quarter to twelve today, so we will. Now, the Galway Economic Monitor, which is uh, being put together by Galway Chamber and Grant Thornton, this is quite an interesting document. It is, and Keith, we were, I suppose, grappling in many ways at the beginning of last year, the, the council and board at Galway Chamber in terms of, you were talking anecdotally about certain issues, but we didn't really have data to drive and to discuss and to talk about topics yeah. and to lobby in a real meaningful way. So we began mid-last year with the first Economic Monitor, which was a start point in terms of saying, right, where are we at on housing commencements? Where are we at on housing completions? Where are we at on public transport usage? What's the usage through our airports, through the port? But equally, what are traffic volumes in the city? and the county and the impact it has on the region. And the first one was a starting point. We now have just launched the January edition, which is number two of the Economic Monitor. And all of a sudden we're beginning to get trends and we're able to measure how we're doing and how we're progressing. And I think the, the key areas looking at this particular monitor 
you know, we're looking at the areas of job growth. It's saying that Galway is at full employment. It's below that magic number of 4% in terms of the, the employment. What's driving that in many ways is a lot of new job creation across industry. And what's come out very strongly is Enterprise Ireland's investments in Galway City and yeah. County. Yeah. There's over 350 companies supported by Enterprise Ireland. And there's an additional 22 million gone into projects. And we had on Taoiseach in Galway last Friday and Athenry launching one of those, the mm. Via Innovator. We'll have Platform 94 launching in the next few weeks, hopefully with the CEO of Enterprise Ireland. We'll have crew launching within a few weeks of that again. And these are the fruition of these investments. Absolutely. It's a collaboration between the WDC, ATU, TG Cahar and others. And what we're seeing is more and more of these type of projects coming along with Skull, Portershed that have also received funding is really, really helping the job growth and stimulating activity. So that's the good news aspect of it. We're looking at public transport. And to be fair, public transport usage has been up. It's up over 15% year on year across bus and rail, which is super. So more people are moving to the capacity that's being put on. But we know, and it's interesting, I was out, I've done a lot around the county in the last week, but I was out, just took a, a photo at the car park at the train station in Oran Moor, yeah. and it's bursting at the seams. Block, yeah. Absolutely, but at least people are using that, they're using Athen Rye, and what we need is more engagement, and to be fair, that's underway with Irish Rail. Uh, in terms of how we can try and increase that capacity. And we see the, the investment at the Cant station finally taking place. Mm. So BAM are on site and that redevelopment is, is happening. But with all the good work that's been done and with all the employment and, and, and that magic figure that we ne- I never thought we'd ever get to it. Mm. I mean, where are all these people going to live? And, and therein we land to some of the stickier points in, in the reports and in the okay. data we have. We know from our work with the Construction Industry Federation and from one event that the Housing Group of Galway Chamber um, facilitated last year, we need to be delivering 3,000 units a year in, in Galway. Galway for the next 10 years to play catch-up and also to future-proof where we're going. And if we look in the last quarter measured under this, we had 370 new house completions. So for averaging at that, we're talking about 12 to 1,400 units coming on stream a year. Now that's an improvement. So it's 10% of what we need. It's, it's really well off what we, what we need, way off what we need. And that's coming from a low base. Last year mm. it was worse. So there are schemes... To be fair, if everything that was somewhere in the planning system was delivered, we'd be hitting our annual target. The challenge we have is so much is caught in the contagion of the system. It's in appeals, it's, it's on board the Planola, or somewhere on that journey. Okay. So there are people willing to develop schemes. The local authority is trying to develop their own social housing schemes. The challenge we have is getting it through that juggernaut. But can the minister not make an order? and just grant planning for such major infrastructure that, that we need, rather than it being dragged through council, dragged through on board Planola, heading off to Europe? Uh, and, and listen, we have the Minister with us in two weeks' time for that okay. very question. So Minister for Housing, um, Planning and Heritage, Dar O'Brien, is with us on the 12th of February. We have the Chamber Board meeting him, the Housing Committee are meeting him, and then he's addressing a lunch in the Clayton Hotel in Ballybrace that will be o- that's open to the public for people to attend. So you have, and I mean, I was reading Sunday Business Post and the other Sunday papers, you have people who really and truly want... You have developers who want to build but can't because of planning. Because of planning, and that's also impacting the commercial viability, because if they thought that they would get planning in a short enough term, they could bridge bank finance debt, that type of stuff. At the moment, it's quite hard to get finance for some of the schemes that they want because they don't know, is it a one-year cycle, is it a four-year cycle that they're going to be before they get through the planning. And with the way the VAT situation and other taxes are around planning and development at the moment, all of that has to be front-loaded. So there's a huge barrier to new schemes coming on. And I think there's a huge 
relationship, Keith, and this people will be sick listening to me on this bugbear, but there's a huge relationship between the planning declines and our transport and our mobility in terms of how we get around the city and indeed the county. And one of the huge, huge shocks for me actually once we got this data in the last few weeks we were working off stats if you remember 2016 the western development commission had done data on transport mm-hmm. commuters coming in and out of galway mm-hmm. and at that stage they were talking about 72,000 daily commuters we have now this was an extensive piece of work done the last week in november we have mapped the seven arterial routes coming in and out of galway so the last week in november it's not peak season it's not no. christmas shopping there's nothing to skew the figures and we're now operating at 109,000 daily commuters Right, wow. so that's a sign of the progress of the city, the st- economic development of the city, the jobs in the city. It's a sign of so much positive, but it really, really drives home the point when we're talking about how we plan for the city, when we're looking at the delivery of transport infrastructure in the city. We have three constituencies. It's not just the city, and I think those who oppose the outer ring road, for example, just focus on well, cycling infrastructure and Glewis is going to solution our problems. It's not. It's not even going to come close to scratching the surface. We have the population in the city. We have the people of Connemara, who no matter what of the two routes they come in, they're going to end up in Newcastle and meandering their way along the Headford Road, yeah. unless they go out via Eamon O'Keeve's house up through Cornamona and the mountains to try and join the motorway in Tume, which yeah. some are doing, a really? precarious route, but more and more people from North Connemara are doing that in an effort to avoid Galway. And then we have the 109,000 daily commuters, which is only going to grow. But, but Kenny, that's, a, that's an increase daily of 37,000. Absolutely. In the That's last a seven huge years. amount of people. Yeah. yeah. And they're coming, there's seven routes tracked and Keith, in an effort to try and really, really highlight this, we're using the data from this report and we're saying, right, this is far beyond a city issue. This is a regional issue. So I've been working with colleagues across the territory and we're launching a series of 12 regional events. I was in Leinster House last week for two days, going to Brussels tomorrow again for another three days on this very topic. But what we have is got a commitment from our Octus members across the territory to support events starting in Westport, Clermaris, Tume, Mount Bellew, Loch Ray, uh, Clarenbridge, Innes, Limerick, and then four in Connemara, in Moycullen, in Furbo, in Carrow, and in Clifton. What's the purpose of this? The purpose of this is very much to bring, make it very clear to everyone in Leinster House, to the Fine Gael party when they're in Galway, on the 6th of April for their, their think-in for their annual event at the party, the Ordesh, to make it very clear that this is no longer a Galway City issue. This is impacting the future growth and development of the region. People are furious. Lives are being upset. We're talking about Galway being a regional centre of excellence for academia, for healthcare and for so much else. And yet, people are congested trying to get in, out and around the city. And it just has to be accepted at government that we need exceptional measures. But just even looking at the screen here, Keith, speaking of traffic, traffic is crazy in Athen Royal this morning, especially around schools and the Martyrs, Manic all together. And uh, Keith, this caller, said traffic on the bridge this morning. I can see where the numbers have gone up so much. It was as busy as I've ever seen it coming over from the west side heading to Parkmore. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and again, this is a sign in many ways of, of success. So much is going so well for the city and the region. And the announcements to have Von Taoiseach down last week, he was down the week before for the Dexcom sod turning. Yeah, yeah. We are really, really, really the, the envy of many locations, not just in Ireland, but across Europe, where we're winning bids, we're winning on investments. The challenge is we're not delivering on infrastructure. And to be fair to Minister Darrow O'Brien, one of the big pieces which will help drive this on 
is if he can get his new bill, his new planning bill through the Oireachtas. And that's part of the regional engagement as well in that we need to call and ensure that every TD and senator across the territory fully endorses that. It may not be perfect. There may be aspects of it that we're not happy with. But one of the big pieces is reform of Onboard Planola. And the fact that you submit an application to Onboard Planola, it has to come out in six months' time. That's the critical. Has to. has to. It has to be, or there needs to be a very valid reason for well, it. Is the law there for that now? The, with the bill, once it's enacted, if it gets through Linster House, and as you can imagine, there are those who are opposing it, in the same way as there are those who are trying to intervene in the latest review of the Galway Transport Strategy to have certain projects removed. We need to make very clear that as a united front, not just Galway, the west of Ireland, we need to challenge these behaviours. Okay. Somebody said, uh, brilliant uh, question you asked, uh, Keith. Cut all the red tape on board plan, all are turning everyone down. And uh, let the minister make a big decision if he has the somethings to do it, and we know what that is. Mm. But he mm. has to, somebody has to. And uh, another caller said, Keith, uh, if your home was being knocked for the proposed ring road, and uh, you would want to say, so, so don't suggest that planning should be rushed through. I cannot believe uh, what Mr. Deary is saying. Imagine getting a letter from the county council, read the Greenway, and you're not the owner of the land even. Get real, it's all aspirational. I want my rights to object, this caller said. Uh, come on, traffic in Galway City, get the school buses sorted for everyone, and then look at it again, this caller said. And another caller said, Keith, nobody can move around the city at rush hour, uh, which goes into the weekend now. We're all suffering, especially those of us who prefer to take a bus or cycle. It would be good to hear Kenny and the Chamber call for alternative options of having all our eggs rather than having all of our eggs in one basket. Uh, so there's a number of bits there, I think. I, I agree all the eggs are needed. We need cycling, we need bus connects, we need sensible bus connects to go to park and ride sites that still aren't chosen because they can't be chosen because the determined route still hasn't so been has approved. So has the County Council and City Council failed to do this over, uh, or is it the Department? It's, it's, it's a combination of... Uh, okay. The County Council are the lead applicant on the outer bypass, supported yeah. by the City Council. They're working with the NTA and TII. So straight away, you have four different agencies and organisations involved. To be fair, there are lots of great people within those organisations trying to drive this on. There does need to be greater coordination, and I think we're seeing that come, particularly with new leadership coming into the local authorities. There's, more, there's a greater push to try and deliver on this. But... The, 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 all all the eggs can't fall into place. So, for yeah. example, you can't deliver bus routes to park and ride sites because you don't know where the park and ride sites are going to be because you don't know will the road be approved. That's the critical interplay that needs to take place here in terms of how you kind of put the web. You can bring in at a pilot, and, at, and at, this is where I would really be excited to see with the, new, uh, with the election and the new councillors coming through in June. What you can do is pilots across the city where you can close lanes, you can try and facilitate additional cycling space, try and make it a little more safe, even though it is treacherous on some of the routes for cyclists at the moment. The challenge is you don't have an alternative route for the cars, for the vehicles. And when we're talking, remember the city population is 84,000. That's only one constituency that cycling will sort out. We still have the 109,000 commuters and we still have the people of Connemara. Mm. So they're really important and we cannot lose sight of that. So the person who talks about school buses serving the schools in the city, that's one piece of the puzzle, but on its own, it's not going to do a significant amount for the people sitting at the moment coming in at the Headford Road, the Tume Road, sitting at the edge of the motorway coming in from the Goa yeah. Clinic. I want to just mention then that one person spoke rightly about the, the challenge that this brings for homeowners and particularly the homeowners who are impacted. The challenge for those homeowners at this stage is actually the passage of time and the inertia around this is actually their biggest frustration. In many ways, I won't say they've nearly absorbed the fact because some are really angry and I know I've had engagements. I remember once being at a dinner up in my home in Ackle and one of them coming to the table in a restaurant and I won't say attacking but being very, very vocal. 
um, in terms of the impact this is having on their home and their lives. The challenge we have and they have is at the moment they can't do anything. They can't sell the house because it's not sellable because nobody knows what's going to happen. They don't want to invest in the home in terms of upgrading it. So actually many of those homeowners at this stage would love to see a yay or an A so that they can get on with their lives and either reinvest in their home or move if it's a case that they have to move. And that is actually the reality for many of those homeowners that I've engaged with at this stage. I spoke with one of the homeowners a few weeks ago and she basically said to me, at my age in life, where am I going to go? Yeah. It's going on so flipping long. Correct. And the passage of time is the biggest issue here. You know, there's one individual that I spoke to in a very senior role in one of the organisations and he's 23 years working on this project. This project is older than 23 years, but let's not lose faith on that because actually I was in Aberdeen before Christmas and they finally delivered in Aberdeen you think as a sustainable city of the future you know in terms of new energy etc they were the guts of 60 years trying to develop their outer route so Mm. on the scale of things people accept things take time the challenge we have is at the moment the 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 makeup of government and particularly one minister trying to intervene in a Galway scenario to remove a key piece of infrastructure and he doesn't have a solution as to what's going to replace it for the three constituencies. And I think that's the real frustration and the real worry in the eyes of the business community. That, that's called politics. And can, can politics not be parked in this regard? And, and this is where politics, and we have examples and precedents, for example, with Adair, which mm. is the, uh, it's, a, it's a smaller town. But Money it was, talks. Uh, it's, it, exactly. These decisions can be made when they need to be. And that's why I want to bring the region into it. That's why I need people, rather than fatigued and saying, oh, it'll never happen. And having no alternative. I need people to re-energize themselves, particularly coming into the local European elections and potentially yeah. a general election this year. We need to vote for and support the candidates that want to see a sustainable Galway of the future. And whether they like it or not, unfortunately, it's a mixed bag. It's not just one or the other. We need all the solutions that are on the table. And we're being told budget isn't the issue. Ironically, and that was a concern in the past, but budget will be supported. The government are saying the mandate is there. However, unfortunately, we're still not able to progress it just because of the government makeup and one key ministry at the moment that does not want to see Galway progress. And that is the challenge we have. And that's the Department of Eamon Ryan's Department? Correct. Okay. Um, where can people get the Goal Economic Monitor? I mean, it's very comprehensive. Well done to Grant Thornton. And it's good to have something now to draw a line in the sand and move forward from. And we have, well, the beauty is we have measures. So even while the big projects are taking their time to get through, you know, anecdotally, we know our regional airports, we, the, the, stata, or the data and the stats are up in yeah. terms of their usage. The ports, the data and the stats are up. It's great to be able every six months to come back and reflect on how we're doing. And there will be sometimes the report will be generated and you're thinking, God, things are declining or, you know, is there a recession you know imminently? You need that information. But you need to know, you need exactly, to you need to, to know blind. what you know yeah. and what you don't know, even better still. And that's the real important bit. And I think really housing is going to be a key one as we see. Hopefully we see the trend improving from a very low base. But my God, we need to gazump it a lot. And that's the ambition. Yeah, Rachel Stewart and Emer Joyce, who are the chairs of my housing committee, are really looking forward to the meetings with the minister. We're bringing the construction industry federation around the table in those meetings, and it's a really a one voice from Galway, the American Chamber, IBEC. We're all in the same mindset. Yeah. we want to see Galway progress into but, the future. But they get it. Rachel gets it. She's correct. I mean, building is in her blood. Correct. So she gets it. Listen, well done to you, Kenny Deary. I, I think it's a very interesting and frank conversation we're after having. Uh, the Galway Economic Monitor, thank you indeed for getting uh, in contact with us on this one and giving it to me indeed uh, last week. They can pick it up on your website. I think. On our website, it's on the front page of the website. It's across our social media channels as well. And I'll be leaving some in the building here, Keith. So if anybody's bored, they can have a cup and be reading it outside. Do you know what? You don't have to be bored. It's, it's, it's very easy to follow, so it is. Yeah, very uh, good. If, if I understand it, Mr. Deary, 
Uh, anybody can. Now, yet to come on the programme, by the way, we are looking at a young man from Toome who's heading to the Olympics. Stay tuned for that and more to come on today's programme. Quick commercial break, back after these. We have a lovely, lovely, lovely positive story coming the way to us now, and I'm joined in studio by trainer Eddie McDonough, and um, as I said here at the top of the programme, a tune boxer is on his way to the Olympic Games. Um, Martin McDonough also sits up to me today. Martin and Eddie, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Nice to have you. Eddie, talk to me about uh, Martin, and I'll talk to Martin in a moment there as well. Um, he came to boxing, we wouldn't say late in life, but, you know, later than some, maybe. It'd be 2021, was it? Was it? He was 18 years of age, yeah. 18, 18 years of age when, when Martin uh, started first. Yeah. And he uh, he came into our club there in Westside, the Goa Boxing Gym. So it got us, the Goa Boxing Club, that's the club I would be coaching. And uh, the minute he stepped into the ring, sure, he was at home. He knew this is where he wanted to be like. And did you know then, Eddie, that this was... Martin, yes, I always knew Martin was promising anyway because Martin uh, was dedicated. Whatever he set his mind to, um, he would give it everything. Mm. Uh, to watch Martin training, you know, he's you can see that. Like in the gym, you see a lad training in the gym, girl, whoever's in, in, in the boxing, like you see them in the gym, and when they're in there, you can spot you can spot talent straight off. You know if they're going to make it or not. And Martin had all them signs. And do you need discipline for this? Thing? Oh yeah, big time. Is that that's that's our job. That's our role as coaches. Um, our role as coaches is to get as many young people as we can off the streets, get them into the clubs. Um, do our best with them in the boxing side of it, but discipline them. We always that that comes that plays a big role in uh, in any club. Mm. Discipline. But when you look at it, Martin Morning to you as well. Thanks for joining us uh, today. Um, has it sunk in with you the Olympic Games? Uh, you know, you know. If looking back at it since I first started, you'd never imagine, like in the space of this time, that you would be going to qualify. You know, box for your country. You know, some achievement on that alone. Be able to. It's a huge achievement, so it is. It's a massive achievement. How, how many? What age are you now? You're 18 minutes. 20 now. Two years, Eddie. Three years, yeah. Two years? Yeah. And what is accomplished? What is accomplished in two years? Like, like Martin has, has. He started off first at the Connick Novice. Yeah. Won that. He went to the Irish Novice. Won that. Um, Irish under 22s. Won that. Celtic Box Cup. Won that. Eindhoven Box Cup, he boxed the Ukraine uh, World Youth Medalist um, and he won that, but he got a headbutt and got an injury, cut in the eye, so he wasn't allowed box in the final, so he got a silver in that. And then the senior, Irish senior, he won that. And then the biggest one, the biggest one in Ireland, like, is is the um, elite, the Irish elite. And that's, and you know, it's super heavyweight he's boxing at, like, super heavyweight. Mm. So he's won that one, that's the biggest one. And now he's in the high performance um, every week, aren't you? Yeah, five every days week. a week, yeah. yeah. And, and what does that mean then? Does that mean that you have to stay focused all the time? Uh, it's just, uh, you're, you're, st- you're stuck in Dublin with them, like, uh, for the whole week, and sometimes you could be in uh, Belfast with them. You know, uh, you train twice a day mm. up there, and it's all time scheduled. So, you know. And do you miss Eddie? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's never too far away. No. Don't, don't answer that question <laughs> altogether. But I mean, t- for it to settle in, you know, with you t- or for you, indeed, in such a short period of time, the world is your oyster. And I said to you before you come in here, this should inspire other people to take up any form of sport. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know. They should they should look at it in a point of view like you know it doesn't matter what age you are 
it's never too late to achieve what you want to achieve in life like where would you like what would you what would your ultimate goal be in boxing my ultimate goal would be to to come home with a gold medal for the Olympic Games can you do it Eddie any medal be a bonus Kate any medal be a bonus like but anything is possible because the opposition out there is very strong, you know what I mean. But listen, if you give it all, but he's he, a, he's he seems strong. Oh no, he's he's a big strong lad. I won't take that away from him. And he's fit and he's very dedicated. Um, but look, he's all you can do is give it all when you're out there and hope for the best. Look, it's like anything in life. If you're not in it, you can't win it. Yeah. <laughs> so you spend you don't spend much time at home now. Then you're 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 on the road then quite a bit between. Yeah, on the road a lot now. Yeah. And it, does it stay like that until such time as the Olympics? Yeah, it'll be all the way through now until uh, the Olympics now. So I'll be just uh, back home two days a week. It's, uh, it's handy as well because, you know, when I'm back home again then, I still uh, do train with the uh, father and at home. Yeah. So it's good, and the brothers. And are they very proud of you? They must be. Oh, they'll be proud, yeah. Yeah. Like Martin is in, he's in full-time training now, Kate. Yeah. He'd be, like, he's as you said there, he's six days a week. It's twice a day of training. A lot of travelling involved. Um, like he's up to Dublin he'll, he'll be up in Dublin say, all this week now so from Monday to Friday then he's home for the weekend and then the next week he's down in Belfast from Monday to Friday like mm-hmm. a lot of expense in it as well and that's something that's something that he's he's kind of lacking on um, you know, yeah, is he a sponsor? no that's the thing he's no sponsor and can all, you get one? he'd be hoping he's he's tried we we set up a GoFundMe page for Martin good on you we done that but it's not Going like you know, it's it's not hasn't taken off. No, it hasn't taken off, right? You yeah. know. So, um, what, what is the GoFundMe page? I think it's just GoFundMe Martin McDonough. GoFundMe Martin McDonough. Um, but you know, it'd be great if anybody is if anybody was listening in there, and if they were if they wanted to come on board and um, fund Martin, he'd be great, greatly appreciated. Like you know, it's 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 it's. No, it's, it's, tough. It's, it's not, you know, Martin's well able to talk for himself, like, but it's not easy if you don't have the money behind you. To be honest. It's not, it's difficult. It's yeah, hard it's, enough. No, it's, sorry, Martin, yeah. Uh, you know, like, it kind of, in that point of view, like, it kind of mm. stops you from doing, pushing you that bit extra, like, you know, to see what you have to do to get you to that certain stage, like, you know. Yeah. And do you worry about money then? Uh, I suppose. Like, it's like, it's always in the back of your mind, like, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I just uh, just keep showing what I have to show. At the end of the day, then it'll get the following in behind me. Is there any major fight or anything that could be done to try and raise money? I don't mean putting them in any danger of not getting to the Olympics, but for for Martin to have a fight, yeah, so Martin, Martin would be restricted. Would be restricted now to no. what he can and can't do because of the Olympics. But the boxing fraternity right across the, the county, the country. Yeah. Yeah. Could they come together? Because I mean, to have somebody, we should be able to, Keith. We should be able to, yeah. And we would love to, if if you know something like that would be great. Any kind of a fundraiser, a boxing event, whatever it would be, would be greatly appreciated. And if we could play a big part in that, we would. You know, like yeah. there's a lot of clubs in in the county, and I'm sure they probably would all get involved. And if we can help in publicising it, I mean, God above yeah. our sports department is one of the best in the country. Oh, it is, yeah. and yeah, I mean, if they can help in any way. Just because, do you know, I'd love to take away from a 20-year-old man who's sitting there and the family should be as proud as punch of you. And they are. They don't they mean are to be pointing my finger at you. They nah. don't mean to be doing Or by your either. Um, yeah, but but like any little take bit that worry away help. from him and let yeah. him do what he wants to do best, which is boxing. Yeah. Well, that, you see, you shouldn't have to worry about these things. If you're, like, at the level at the level he's at, right, and you're hoping to qualify for the Olympics, right, and you're on the, on the qualifying team, the last thing you should have to worry about is funding. 
the only the, the only thing you should have to be focusing on is your training. Yeah. Your diet, like with your Let's food, all your food, your diet, everything, like it's cost that costs a lot of money as well because you have to be on proper diets, um, yeah. you know, all nutrition, all that stuff. So, like, just you know, all you should have to focus on is getting mm. up, eating, and training and stuff. That's it, Martin. You focus on that, something is going to come right, somebody will come out and help you financially and put a few bob uh, on the table for you just to take that headache off you. We greatly yeah, appreciate sure. it. I don't have it myself. If I had it, I'd give it to you. But I'm not on the wages they're on in RT this morning. So <laughs> 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 you'll pay all the staff in here for some of the wages in RT. But anyway, um, but um, yeah, I hope somebody comes out. Maybe credit unions, somebody just to come out and say, okay, let's put, I mean, what, 10, 10 grand behind it? Would, would that make yeah, a difference? Oh, Jesus. Any, uh, anything would make a difference. Anything would make a big difference. Like Anything. Yeah, anything. Uh, as I said there, like, is anyone that would be, that would when I come on for any kind of fund, and it'd be greatly appreciated. Yeah. And uh, anything, regardless of how small it be, would make a big difference. Okay, well, if you want to go to GoFundMe and then put in Martin McDonough, and the money will just be used to cover his expenses to get That's to it. How do you get up and down? Do you drive or do you get the train? I drive. Drive? Yeah. And petrol's not cheap now either. No, it's not, no. And then you, and then you drive to, up to Belfast then as well? Yeah, I go up to Belfast then as well, like... Um, <coughs> You must be going through some amount of petrol or diesel. I tell you, she's uh, where my pockets are getting a lot lighter. <laughs> we'll have to put something in some stones <laughs> or otherwise stones. to keep them going. Yeah. <laughs> are you looking forward to the event itself, Martin? Yeah. Uh, do you know what? It's uh, it's actually going to be a good like. Just no pressure on me at the minute. Um, um, will you head over, Eddie? No, I won't get head over. I have the club. I have the club here myself, and we have a lot, a lot of members here as well. So I won't. But if he, if he gets to the final stages we, we will yeah we'll definitely bring a, go there you'll bring a load up we'll, we'll load up and we'll go there if he gets to that like. and who, who will be with you Martin then will somebody from the family go or will you just go on your own uh, the family will go there yeah. he'll uh, eat him, we'll just fly over it's France this year isn't it yeah, yeah. So it's not that far then at least not Tokyo or somewhere way down that you'd be three days getting to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, not too bad the first uh, qualifiers there is in uh, Italy and then there's another qualifiers in, in uh, Thailand Okay. So it's not too bad either. So what dates are they on? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, the first one is at the start of March. Start of March. Start of March. No pressure now, March. No pressure now. After go out to Stranja now uh, next week. Where's that? Where's that? Uh, Bulgaria. It's out there now. You're doing some amount of mileage, so yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot of travelling in there, uh, Keith. A lot of travelling all there over is, the world. Yeah. All over the world. Uh, some comments coming in. I'm just looking at. Oh, time here. Sorry. And uh, good on um, this, uh, good on him. And uh, this caller said, an inspiration to all. And they sent me in a, a gif with the panda bear boxing. So they're saying, well done to you. Another caller said, well done to uh, Martin. If everybody listened, uh, Keith, today and gave him 10 euro, it would go an awful long way. It certainly would go an awful long way. Uh, but well done to Martin. And uh, Keith, best of luck to that young man. Uh, I'll donate, this caller said. So will you go to GoFundMe right now, please? Put in Martin McDonough and thank you for saying that you will uh, donate to that man. That, mean, that means a lot to him, means a lot to us as well. And we'll keep an eye on it uh, from there as well. Martin, the best of luck to you with it. And keep in contact. Eddie, will you keep in contact with I us? I will, yeah. And Keith, you know, the other thing is, you know, a, a thing for all, like, I'm in a great belief of all young people getting involved in sport, right, regardless of what sport it is. And as you can see from Martin, Martin started at a late age, we'll say 18 years of age. So it's never too late for any body to get involved in sport and, you know, do well for themselves, mm -hmm. have a better life or whatever. 
But you have to be fairly fit now to take what he's taken from unboxing. But that's a different box, level. Box. But the other, the other side of it is you don't have to compete at that level. Yeah. Like just to get just 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 to get involved in sport doesn't mean you have to go to the top straight away. And it doesn't mean if you never go to the top, it doesn't make any difference. Just to get involved in sport, mm-hmm. enjoy yourself. You'd echo that, Martin. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's like you need a lot of discipline as well for it. You know, it's like it's not a a once in a week type thing. Like you have to keep pushing yourself every day to get to where you want to go like mm. and if it's the case like you just want to do it for fitness it's nothing stopping you it's for going to the gym or whatever just okay. keep just keep pushing yourself like we're 100% behind you I promise you we'll, we'll, we'll keep pushing uh, go fund me uh, and then put in Martin McDonough how can they get details in your um, club Ed, Edward how can you get details yeah um, i give you my email if you want my email yeah. Yeah, I'll just yeah give me the email yeah yeah call boxing club call the boxing club 75 75, good, year, yeah. good year for the roses, yeah. Go to boxing club. <laughs> at gmail.com. At gmail.com. And my phone number as well, Kate, if you want to, I'll give it to you. Yeah, is that, the, I think, yeah, shout it at me again. 087. Yeah. 137. 5335. 5335. That's you. Uh, 087 137 5335 and go to boxing club uh, 75 at gmail.com then as well. Okay. I wonder what happened in 1975. I'll have to ask him that down the road. You must know something, Keith, do you? I must know something, yeah. So, would it, be, it wouldn't be the year you were born, no, or anything. No, it? I was a few years before that, though. That's okay, no. I was getting more in myself <laughs> more, <laughs> short while. Um, Eddie, thanks anyway for popping oh, into us. Uh, Martin, Keith. keep in contact, and the door is always open for you here. And uh, never never be afraid to pop in and say hello to us. And uh, the um, people of Tume and indeed everywhere else indeed in Galway City and otherwise, they're 100% behind you. So go fund me, Martin McDonough, put it in from there. Now let's head towards the 10 o'clock news. We're back just after that. Stay tuned for that and more to come on today's programme.